Welcome back to the Drop Zone. I'm Dylan DeChair. I'm talking to Sean Zock, and I am about to board a plane down towards Keough Island. We've got some action to break down from a weekend that was. And Sean, it's major championship week. Happy PGA week to you. How are you feeling? I feel like the PGA championship has snuck up on us once again. It has. Every year. It's the sneakiest major. It is the sneakiest major. Maybe they should adopt that as their next tagline they've kind of run through a few i don't i'm not sure if there's a tagline this year or not it's certainly not glory's last shot anymore that's kind of long gone well i think they're like i think they move forward with like where champions are formed Mm. where champion like some like basically there are champions playing and then there are future champions playing and got it you can't disagree with with that We are still technically a major, I think, is another one you can consider. (laughs) Um, Sean, did you get to watch much of our boy K.H. Lee this weekend? Uh, Some. Yeah. Basically, it was just hitting greens and hitting uh, fairways and, you know, making birdies where everyone else was, but he didn't really make bogeys. Like, felt pretty simple. He did not. Simple golf. It's – it takes – quite a few birdies to get to 25 under par which is where he finished up the week took down sam burns um i don't know what we make of sam burns we we saw sam burns obviously win his first pga tour event a few weeks ago here he now has five 36 hole leads this year this season three more than anybody else holy cow that's a lot i mean uh, do you do you feel like you have undersold sam burns i mean every player that is going to end up having a good season is going to do things like this. I've undersold him. I'm going to continue to probably undersell him, but at the same time, like this might be his peak and we just, are we going to be wowed by leading tournaments at halftime? Big first half player. Yeah. That's, I think that's what we know to this point. Sam Burns, very good at golf. Um, all right, Sean, you also reported this week on an NCAA championship story. Can you tell us, is there any possible defense for why the now viral uh, women's regional was canceled? Uh, laziness, maybe. <laughs> like Laziness. Yeah, I mean, LSU, I believe, was one of the teams that advanced. So mm-hmm. it's like, why host an event if we're going to get a golden ticket all the way through? Mm. I don't know. The excuses piled up and made it seem like if we don't have to do it, why do we got to do it? I, I don't defend that, but that's what it kind of seemed to be. They're like, where's the precedent? Is there some tournament regional years ago that hosted and it was 18 holes and people got upset? Is there some tournament in the past where the bunkers were so destroyed by the weather conditions that they had to be used uh, as, you know, as mm-hmm. hazards you could take a free drop from? All these questions circling people's heads. At which point, they just don't think about anyone but themselves. That's it. Yeah. Selfishness. How do and I not look bad? How do I, I keep myself right. from looking really bad? And in fact, you actually looked the worst standing on these white steps, speaking down to these amateur players. Yeah, that is the deep irony. By trying to avoid kind of embarrassment, then didn't really turn out so well. Um, all right. Finally, Sean. Did you see any of our boy Richard Bland, the 48-year-old on the European tour, who won in his first his first win in his 478th start? 
Uh, I saw him hit one shot. Nice. It was the winning putt. I don't the feel bad about that. The winning putt was pretty good. But uh, there's nothing bland about this guy besides his last name. Is that an easy joke to make? No, I pretty think that easy. that's essential. He had some terrific uh, kind of British quotes afterwards about how you know, he said, what did he say? He said, maybe it's, maybe this is like a bus. Now that one has arrived, there's going to be another one right behind it. So I, like I don't that. know. Are you at a bus station? Cause uh, I don't know if he's going to necessarily win again, but it's a it's a huge event for him to win. It's a premier it event is. over there. Like huge, huge. Uh, he's still 48 though. Like the European the tour absolutely perplexes me. Um, we had a couple names returning into the fold this week, including Eduardo Molinari, not just Francesco's brother anymore, not just Matthew Fitzpatrick's stats advisor anymore, but now, again, a top 10 finisher in the European Tour. So there's just all, a whole lot of good stuff going on over there. But, Sean, this is a PGA week. I want to dive right into um, major championship talk so I don't miss my flight and so we can get to the good stuff. I'm going to run us through nine burning questions. I'm going to ask you the questions. You answer them. I'll tell you if you're right or if you're wrong. Mm. And then we'll move on to the next. You ready for it? Mm-hmm. Question number one. Are we going to see 2012 Keogh or Rory McIlroy this week or oh. 2021 Masters Rory McIlroy? Of course, the latter being, uh, you know, Rory missing the cut, hitting his dad with wayward irons, generally playing unimpressive golf versus, you know, the former an eight shot victory, major championship dominance. Oh, man. Of course, the answer is somewhere in between those two <laughs> polls. Uh, I think he's closer to the Masters one than the 2012 young, spry, 23-year-old Rory, only because uh, he's a different player now. He's so focused on driving the ball great. This just can't be an easy course to drive the ball really, really mm -hmm. great. Um, you know, Is he a better putter than he was then? I'd argue no. Is he a, a great wedge player like he was then? Easy to argue no. So no, he's definitely closer to the, the to his April self than uh, his August 2012 self. All right, so you're not sold by the Quail Hollow victory. Not no. everything is cured. No, not at all. Okay. I, I mean, I think you're correct. I don't think Rory's going to win by eight this week. Uh, but I also think he's going to make the cut. So somewhere in between is probably... The correct answer is Kiowa Island a good or bad fit for big boy bomber Bryson DeChambeau? Uh, I think it'll be fine. I don't think there's a course that will give him fits just based off of his game. I think he's proven time and again now that he can adjust his big boy game. <laughs> he can throttle down uh, and hit a bunch of four irons. He doesn't like doing that. And the, the thing about him is that he'll tell the reporters afterwards maybe how annoyed he is. Like, ah, oh, had to hit four iron there just because this old golf course isn't up to my 360-yard mm -hmm. drives. But he contended at TPC Sawgrass. He won at Bay Hill. He won at Winged Foot. He is, you know, I'm shocked he hasn't played better at Augusta National, but he'll hit – you know, he'll be strategic and that's what this course is going to ask. He's about as strategic as it gets sometimes to a fault. So I'd rather right. 
I'd rather put myself on that side of the table and say he'll probably play well than uh, expect him to fail. He did have a surprisingly strong finish at the Players' Championship. Not the same golf course by any means, but another Pete Dye thing where you have to you know, squeeze it in. I guess we're talking about this like it's a real strategic test and that it's almost short. But I think even at 7,800 yards, I don't think this is going to play like a particularly long golf course for Bryson. So I'm with you. I don't think he wins, but I think he plays well rather than poorly. Um, Sean, should the PGA Championship be in May? Uh, yeah, it's perfect. The tragedy is that courses like Whistling Straits aren't going to host it. Mm. Uh, it's ridiculous that in a couple of years we'll end up in Rochester during this week. Rochester, New York. Yes. That's upstate New York. That's, I think, even technically uh, technically north of where Kohler, Wisconsin is. So, Ooh. I mean, it's going to be chilly. It's, you know, the Beth Page, the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we're, we're chilly. We had guys in beanies. So mm-hmm. that's just what the PGA has accepted. They're going to a bunch of cool places. They're going to Olympic Club in a couple of years. That's going to be great. Um, but schedule-wise, I don't, I don't think there's any other option. Where does that leave... I mean, the U.S. Open Rota is not going to come back to Wisconsin very often. Where does that leave your home state? Where does this leave the Badgers? Well, the USGA should recognize that they won't that the PGA won't be going to Whistling Straits. The USGA should welcome adopt Whistling as one of its courses. No. Um. They've already got know. a decent enough Should... relationship. The women's the women's event has gone to Black Wolf Run uh, multiple times. Mm-hmm. That's a cooler course. They they Whistling Straits is going to need some help. They need some help. They definitely need some help. I mean, they just need to commit to whether this is a small rota or a big rota. If it's a big rota, by all means, spread the wealth. This is an open championship. It should keep going to a big variety of courses. I'm not sure that's the direction that they're going. So. I feel for Wisconsin and the chili golfers everywhere. It's okay. Um, who has the most to gain with a win, Sean, and who has the most to lose with a poor performance? Well, the most to gain, obviously, is Jordan Spieth. He, he would 100% book it, uh, cement himself as the best player of the post-Tiger generation. And now there's some debate there. People want to say Dustin Johnson and his 20 tour wins, Rory McIlroy, his four majors and all those wins. Spieth would win the four majors of the Grand Slam. It would not matter who else does everything else. Spieth would be number one post-Tiger golfer of the generation. And so he has the most to gain. It's kind of crazy that this time next week we could be talking about that. It's uh, I wouldn't say it's like the most likely scenario, but it's among the five most likely scenarios that he is the winner. Um, so he has the most to gain, most to lose. Hmm. Would have to be someone who we would expect to do well and then they wouldn't do well. I guess I would say Rory. Mm-hmm. I think he would, similar to the question you asked me earlier, he has just won. Quill Hollow at kind of like the prototypical Rory course, but no, uh, there would never be a greater picture of the two 
uh, of young Rory and old Rory than him missing the cut here. Like young Rory wins by eight, shows that he can go flamethrower on the entire field. He beat Tiger Woods by seven shots on Saturday in 2012. And then he went and doubled on it and did not make a bogey on Sunday. That Rory is a distant memory. Like that guy doesn't exist in that way anymore. And if he struggles at Kiwa, where it happened, where it all went down, you know, I don't want to put so much pressure on him to say that he has to win at these or do well at these courses he's done well at the past. But that would just kind of paint a perfect decade worth of of Rory progression and regression um, with the the Kiowa being the host at both. Sean, I think you perfectly answered that question. Jordan wow. Spieth is definitely the, has the most to gain. Rory, ironically, probably you know has the second most to gain behind him. But Rory also really is the only one that has something to lose. Weirdly, right now, we don't have expectations for a lot of golfers. It, yeah. It's one of the strange things about this major season. Nobody is really peaking. Dustin Johnson, even though he's been you know top dog now has these weird injury concerns he keeps wding from tournaments late we don't really know what we're going to get from him um and his legacy is not currently on the line uh rory definitely definitely in the spotlight especially after that win so if he misses the cut it's just a tough look man he's missed a couple high profile cuts in the last few years and he really never misses the cut otherwise so he just has to get off to a decent start, it feels like. All right, along those lines, who should be the favorite in this golf tournament? Spieth. I hate talking about the same people this whole damn podcast, but it's <laughs> Jordan. The guy has uh, he's got seven top tens now in his last nine starts. Those are all, mm-hmm. mind you, since the beginning of 2021. He's pretty much only finishing in the top 10 to top 15. And when he didn't, it was at the players – and he kind of was in the top 30 to top 20 throughout that whole event and then faded on Sunday and hit, hit a couple balls into the water, which happens when you're really trying to contend on Sunday. Yeah, it's Jordan, man. Like there's, there's no other – there's no one else that I would expect to lead the tournament on Thursday. There's no one else I can put my hat on and be like, he's definitely not missing the cut. You heard it here first, folks. Jordan Spieth, definitely not missing the cut. I'm not sure you're correct about this. I'm not sure that Jordan Spieth is really the favorite to win this golf tournament. I mean, I think Dustin Johnson should still be right up there. I think Justin Thomas, after the players win and you know still hitting the ball pretty well, should be right up there. But you're not far off otherwise. Justin Thomas just is not hitting the ball well on the greens. No, he's not. He's hitting it many times on the greens. Much, much too often. There is no um, clear right, cut Sean. favorite is the answer. And that is rare. It's odd. It's odd and, and deeply concerning, but also kind of a, a sweepstakes. Anyone can go get it. Anyone can go get it. There's a bunch of, yeah, misfit toys, guys with baggage, guys that haven't won. That's who's going to win this year. Is there a perfect winning score for this PGA championship. We've heard nonstop Kiowa. It's so hard. It's maybe the hardest golf course in the world. It's maybe the, you know, the highest rating, the winds are crazy. The course is so long. What would be the ideal winning score for the PGA of America to settle at this week? Like six under. I mean, Rory won at 13 under, but second place 
was five under. That's still like, that's a lot tougher than a lot of uh, U.S. Opens. I don't get why mm-hmm. people look at that week and think like, gosh, this is the toughest golf course in the world. I don't know. Maybe that week was just really calm, but six under would have got it done in 2012. I'll think 600 would make for a really fun event in which you can shoot over par. You can shoot 74 in one of your rounds and still come back and win. Rory McIlroy shot, I think he shot 73 in the second round in 2012. So, you know, he, for you to shoot 73 and still win by eight shows that the course was tough, uh, but also showed just the firepower that he had. Um, yeah, I love tournaments that, that you can have a grind out round, 71, maybe two 71s. I think Bryson shot 70 twice at Harding Park last year and still went on to make things really close in his other two rounds. Mm-hmm. So that's a good major championship to me. And Bryson did shoot six under when he won the U.S. Open at Winkfoot, and that was definitely plenty tough for the rest of the field at least. Um, I like that score. I like somewhere in there. I think these guys are always now better than we expect. Pretty much every time we say, oh, man, this course is going to be so crazy hard they really find a way to make it look not that way. Also, Kiowa Island, it's, it's yes, it's sort of linksy in the sense that it's on the water, it's windy, etc. But I think, and Luke Curdenine was just saying this from the ground as a, a South Carolina guy himself, it's hard to really get it fully firm, like firm, firm, firm. Yeah. There yep. was a day, I, I guess it was Friday in, uh, in 2012, where the stroke average was like 78 something insane um Mm. i doubt we'll see that this year i think someone's gonna get to 10 under would not be shocked right would not be shocked would not be shocked this day and age all right sean who is somebody that i'm not thinking of that is going to be on your leaderboard come sunday a sleeper well i'm guessing that you didn't watch a ton of kh lee's uh finish uh which is, says nothing about you, but just says a little bit about how busy you may have been. Uh, if you didn't tune in, then you didn't see Daniel Berger shoot up the leaderboard. Mm. This is a guy who played the best golf of his life in 2020, um, contended at a couple majors, got his name on the leaderboard in a couple majors, uh, obviously won multiple events in the past 12 months. Uh, he is part of that epic 2011 high school class that he's kind of the next best player, uh, him or Xander that haven't got it done. Haven't won a major. He's a ridiculous ball striker. That's what he leans on. I don't know how great of like a wind player he is, but he's playing good right now. Shot a couple super deep rounds on the weekend last week. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's an East coast player. If that counts for anything, can you like draw any similarities between Florida golf and, South Carolina golf, it's kind of tough. I think you have to. I think there's got to be some sort of similarity, and I guess that's why I, I kind of like the the course fit of someone like DJ, who has you know played pretty well on courses like that. And I think that, I mean, all right. So this week it's past Palom. It's not grainy in the same way that Bermuda greens are grainy. Um, the ball kind of sits up. Uh, it's slightly different, but. You know, it's sort of similar in that there's not um, rough in the way there would be rough at a U.S. Open course that we would think of at, you know, Oakmont or something. There's 
there's a lot of yeah florida style shots i guess so i i think that's worth something i think burger should become probably a trendy you know mid-tier pick i guess he's not a favorite he's not quite a sleeper but he's right in that in-between zone and now he is looking like his form is better than just about anybody else except maybe jordan spieth so you that's know a strong pick on that list Tell uh, me. before you give me yours hopefully i i choose exactly who you were going to talk about uh, but mm-hmm. Victor Hovland, yes, he contended. He contended with Rory at the Wells Fargo. He's contended all year long, really, uh, just quietly, like never, yeah. never exactly the dude that you expected to win. But he's got what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, uh, top ten. He finishes in the top yeah. six every single week. It yeah. seems like. Uh, I was surprised to see his name right among the favorites there, but I think there is a reason for it. He's in that like 20 to one range. Victor Hovland is getting a lot of respect. That's the thing. You don't need to have won a major to be in this, you know, group of favorites to win this one. Yeah. That's what happens when there's no favorites. Everyone is a a half favorite. That's right. I just polished off my uh, Monday finished column. And in that I said to uh, take a look at the, the max on this leaderboard and by that i mean robert mcintyre underrated scottish lefty who finished t12 at the masters mackenzie hughes who is not on form but who i just am always obsessed with you can just grab him every week at like 400 to one and you know he definitely throws in more top 10s and 20s than he gets credit for and the final max max homa who is somehow underrated despite the fact that he should just be overrated. He's this big Twitter presence. He's, you know, one of the more social media famous golfers. Uh, but he's going off in in that like 175 to 200 to one range. He's 10 to one just to finish in the top 10. Um, it just feels like he's a better golfer than that, considering he just won the Genesis. He's been contending pretty regularly. And uh, he's just probably one yeah. of the, you know, 30 mm. best golfers in the world. Uh, yeah. Probably. You're unconvinced. Well, he's he's four, he's ranked fortieth in the world, which I know doesn't necessarily take into account what you've done in the last six months uh, compared mm-hmm. to the last two years. But he's missed three of his last five cuts, so there's a lot of actual inconsistency to this. And where there did he is. miss those cuts? He missed them at Pete Dye Course, TPC Sawgrass. Missed cut at the Masters. His first, I think, mm-hmm. his first time playing the Masters. Missed a cut at the Wells Fargo, an event he won in the, in the past. He's really up and down. I would. He did not play well at the Wells you Fargo. Wouldn't, you he wouldn't was be not good if in he his title defense. I'm buying you, low here, Sean. Those are but, my sleepers. No, but, he's, but you're saying that he's not low. Well, I'm I'm saying he's immediately low right now in the sense that his last couple high-profile starts as the defending champ and at the Masters were both missed cuts. Mackenzie yeah. Hughes also coming off back-to-back missed cuts. But look, KH Lee just showed us you don't have to be super hot to, to come out and play your best golf. There's mm-hmm. a lot of randomness to this. No one was picking Hideki Matsuyama to win the Masters. Everyone zigs. This is true. We're zagging here on the drop zone. <laughs> All right, Sean, final thing, and then I have to order my Uber. Who's going to win? Oh, <laughs> I'm such a sellout. You love these picks. You no, I just I'm such a sellout because I just I feel like at this point I'm I'm accepting that I'm gonna predict John Rahm to win every major until he does it. Oh, interesting. I thought you were gonna back up the truck and it, 
you know, invest all in Jordan's Spieth cryptocurrency. <laughs> no, it's just that Rom is is uh, the smart people that you refer to would actually say that mm-hmm. Rom has been the best golfer in the world. Um, you know, at various points in the last four years, and one of those points probably um, being very recently, the guy just does just plays good golf. I mean, his missed mm-hmm. cut at the Wells Fargo was his first miscut in uh, almost a full year. So, yeah, he's just so damn good that I could see him. He's won, you know, he's won in, at Windy Places before too. He's won the Irish Open a couple times in linksy settings. Like, you know if he's in control of his ball, he will finish in the top 15. And if he's really on with his putter, he'll probably contend. So, uh, yeah, that's a sellout pick because I hate picking people that are just really good because they will win a major eventually, and then I'll be right, but I won't and feel people, good about it. And people that you've just been, you know, maybe potentially writing golf magazine stories about. Who knows? Well, yeah, that would actually make me look worse because I wouldn't have included his victory in the story that's printing right now. Ah. Uh, well, we'll see about that. We'll see. How, that would probably change the ending at least to uh, to a story that maybe come to a golf magazine cover near you. Sean, you know who I'm taking because I'm going to take him until he wins. Xander Shoffley, this is his week. If you're going to take him, maybe sprinkle a little top five, top ten money on him too just to be safe, cover your bases. Xander was allergic to the lead at Augusta National. I'm hoping that got him closer to ultimately winning, getting this major championship off his back and uh, the major championship monkey off his back, I should say, and finally kind of cementing himself among the, you know, really good, great players of this generation. So I hope it happens for Xander. We'll see if I change my mind once I'm on the ground and, and see how the course is playing, see what it really feels like under my feet. If you haven't um, so changed we'll your mind from there, on Xander, if you haven't, if you, 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 you haven't changed Me. your mind on Xander after the Masters, after his miscut the players, after the fact that he's been allergic to the lead, then why would you do it now? He's one of the five best players in the world. He's a big game hunter. He just hadn't caught that big game quite yet. <laughs> yeah. Are you a big game hunter if you've never actually killed any a big game it's a question for the philosophers all right sean i gotta jump um thank you guys for listening and definitely follow along with all of our pga championship stories videos articles content all week long we'll see you next week peace